This is episode number one with Martin McGovern and Rajiv Nathan of Idea Lemon. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Genius, the podcast that puts your personal development on steroids. Each episode is designed to give you a step-by-step -step blueprint for mastering your habits, growing your skills, and building the courage for taking massive action in your life and making an impact through your work. Warning, this show is for peak performers only. And now, let's dive in with your host, Ben Austin. The first guests on my podcast are actually the founders of Idea Lemon, which is an education platform that helps you discover your inner awesome so you can have a dream career. Their newly released course titled Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass helps people, including yours truly, figure out what you want, gain confidence, and get to the next level in your career by establishing thought leadership. And today we're going to talk about building a badass personal brand that makes you stand out from the crowd. Martin and Raj, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to have you guys on. The uh, it's funny looking back because you know I think about where my career started to kind of take off, at least in this online uh, business space, and it started really when I was working with you guys. So first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for helping me figure out what I was doing and ultimately plant the seeds that have now resulted in the things that I'm doing right now. Thank you for being such a success, which and planted the seeds for allow us to do cooler things. <laughs> and harvesting those seeds in such awesome ways. Exactly. We'll probably return to the uh, the harvesting analogy many times during this. <laughs> uh, but what I want to talk to you guys today is about building a badass personal brand. Uh, because I think most people listening to this, or at least many people listening to this, are at a point in their career where they feel stuck. Uh, they want a promotion, or they want to start a side business, or they want to just do something different. They don't quite know what it is. And I know for me, it was really important for me to really figure out who I was before I started thinking about that next step. Um, but first of all, why do you guys think that we often feel so stuck and dissatisfied with the current work that we're doing? Well, I think, um, so there was something we talked about the other day, and it's about failure. So there's this idea about failure where it's, you're never really failing, right? You're just um, experimenting and learning from experiments that didn't quite work out. But really it goes a step deeper and we don't know how to set goals that are actually realistic. So if you're not setting realistic goals, of course you're not going to be achieving those goals. And of course you're going to end up in places that you don't expect to be. And so the way that you can really set appropriate goals is to get to know yourself and understand why you're doing certain things so that uh, when you actually put on paper what you want to achieve, it's not some like far out there thing that's that's bound for failure. Yeah, Raj, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that as well as it's tough to know what you want because you're always thinking surface level and tactically. Um, so if you're in a job you don't like, you think, all right, so what's the next job I need to get? Right. And that surface level thinking doesn't get into the why do I want to leave this job? And not just because, oh, my coworkers stink or whatever that might be. It's like, no, no, really, like what skills am I trying to develop? Like what do I want to get really good at 
that's going to help me be a better person, be you know more make, have, be able to make more of an impact. And if you start to think in that deeper level, instead of just what's the next job I can get, yeah, then you start to focus on all right, what do what is it that I really want? What drives me? Um, what are the things I can do to get to that point? Instead of what's the next job I can take? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like that process of self discovery, really figuring out what you really want. And uh, I know what was interesting for me about my journey is like a lot of the things that I thought I wanted weren't really things that I wanted. Like I really thought I wanted this highly technical career in engineering initially where I was doing like very specific work within that niche. And I realized that I was doing it just because I thought it sounded cool. Like it wasn't actually something that I wanted. And it, those things, like I didn't know that until I started really learning about myself and developing my own personal brand around the you know, what I want to do in my career and what I think my strengths are. Mm -hmm. And I remember you doing an interview last year. Uh, I can't remember which podcast it was, but you said when you were growing up, like maybe elementary school and perhaps even into high school, you were, you were thinking you're going to be the one who's going to cure cancer, right? Right. And I don't know if that's still a belief you have, but it's going back to those thoughts and it's like, okay, why was that on my mind when I was younger? Right. And the, the job that you said you, you thought you wanted to get being in a super technical field, you're like, is that helping me get closer to that goal or even something that's near that goal? Or is that just something like you said, that is, it sounds good and people are going to be impressed by it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of that as well. So there's this thing called social conditioning where basically our society puts pressures on us to be and act and do and think a certain way. And it's very, very easy to stay within that path because that's the path that's been carved out and you see everybody else on all your friends are doing and it's what your parents did. And it's very hard to actually take a, like a step back and look at your life from a 20,000 foot view and say, you know what, is this thing that I'm doing right now actually what I want to do? Which is where I think uh, the work that you guys do specifically with personal branding really comes in. Yeah, and I, I think I was talking to someone earlier today and they, uh, we, I do Ask Mentorship, which is uh, something with DePaul University. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking with this student and he was saying how uh, he knows he's an extremely ambitious and self-driven person who really wants to achieve like really big things in his life. So he's thinking maybe he'll go to law school. I said, why do you want to go to law school? And he said, because it looks really hard and I'm really ambitious and I want to take on hard challenges. And I right. go, you know, making $4 million is really hard and you don't <laughs> have to go to law school. So how about you try for that maybe? <laughs> like, right. like, do you want to just choose an arbitrary hard goal? Like, um, and so I think uh, one of the things that we all struggle with is that we think there's only so many path, like you, you were talking about the one path, right? Like right. go get a safe career. But we also think like within that path, there's only certain options available. Like it's either lawyer or it's business or it's doctor or it's something like that, where it's like really if you take a step back and you look at all the different ways yeah. that you can make an income, there's so many ways to make an income. Like you can make money off Airbnb. Like that's like the simplest way, right? And right. then like from there to the biggest idea of maybe consulting or starting your own firm or something like that. There are so many different things in between of streams of income and if you can diversify that, you're never caught in any one specific line. A lot of that too is to go off of that idea about social conditioning and then what you just said, Martin, is what are you exposed to? 
Because if you're only exposed to a fraction of what's out there, then your world is is just that fraction. Right. But if you're, you know, if you're in high school, if you're in college, even if you're already working, and you're reading blogs that talk about how to make income on the side, passive income, how to start your own freelance business, that kind of stuff, then you're exposed to the fact that oh, there are other routes to this. Right. You know, you don't just need to be the employee. And, you know, there's really nothing wrong with that. It's just oh. like that's the one message that we get told very early on. And, uh, you know, I, I remember very specifically, at least in my own personal example, that people told me very much to stay away from entrepreneurship or starting your own business because they said you would work too many hours, you would burn out and you wouldn't make any money anyway. Right. It was kind of like the three pervading mm -hmm. thoughts around uh, you know, what I was told uh, both growing up and then in college and in my early adult life. And it was really interesting, kind of like you said, Raj, like I started uh, listening to different podcasts. I started surrounding my or putting different ideas into my brain where the thought of actually doing something that was not the standard path that started to become more real for me. And then from there, I was like, OK, well, maybe I can do this. And then what happens? And I started walking that path and, you know, things have ended up where they are right now. Right. And it's not even, and to your point about like, it's not like everyone has to be an entrepreneur by any means, but it's like, if you're only exposed to law, for example, then you're like, okay, law school is the only route I can go. If you're only exposed to, you know, get a job in like insurance, let's say, yeah. then that's, the, you're going to find jobs that are available in that industry. But if you're thinking beyond that, if you're looking at what's happening in other industries, what's happening in other fields, then your your brain starts to fill up with I have options here. I don't have to just pick this. I'm, I'm not only allowed to have one path. Well, and Ben, you're you're a testament to the fact that it's not either or. It's this and. Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And one thing that I think has been really at least beneficial for me is learning all these skills as an entrepreneur has helped me exponentially in the corporate career as well. Like it's not either or because it's both. And also the skills that I'm learning in the corporate career, being surrounded by people that are really smart, very driven, have a lot of success in what they do. Like that's also helping me in the entrepreneurial world. So there's like a synergism between the two. And, you know, I don't mind working the late nights and long, <laughs> many hours in the weekends right now. So that's okay for where I am in my life right now. But for the most part, they work off of each other. So it doesn't have to be either or. Yeah. And then you can go into, uh, yeah, like you're able to go to your company and say, hey, look at these things I'm learning after hours. Can we, is there a way we can implement this here? Or you don't have to ask. You're just like, here's what I learned. Here's how it's going to work for the company. Yeah. I mean, specifically, if someone is thinking about testing a business idea, the first place you should think about testing is within the company you already work for, yeah. because they already have the infrastructure there. They already have the resources. There's already people there that you know, you've got the relationships established, and now you can test that idea. So for example, I've wanted to develop a leadership development program at my company. And like the first person I pitched was my boss. You know, he wasn't jumping in over, you know, enjoy to get it started right now, but you know, we got the conversation started and maybe it will turn into something like that. And actually it has turned into other things. So, I mean, at least we're having those conversations. Yeah. And you get the, you get the test of viability, right? Like you don't have to throw it all away and be like, oh, okay, world, bye. I'm going to go off and do this crazy thing and then find out, well, it's falling flat and no one cares about it. Right. Well, I think I, you and I both know people that we have seen that happen to them. They give yeah. up everything. They think they have the billion dollar idea. And uh, you, you know when they, they first go off to do it, it's not going to work out. But 
you know, and they eventually end up failing, which is fine. You know, that, that's part of this whole cycle that we're all in. But, you know, we, we see that it's not going to work out. And then eventually they have to come back to doing what they were doing before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically you're able to mitigate the risk, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's big thing is, again, just talking specifically about entrepreneurship. Oh, it's so risky. So what can you do to reduce that risk? Well, what, can, what program can you implement at your existing company? And to bring this back to the whole personal branding stuff, it's like that's what elevates your brand tenfold is if you're the one bringing fresh ideas to the table and not just taking what's given to you and saying, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, what next? Absolutely. I love that. But for this next part, let's do like a little bit of a personal branding workshop where we can bounce some different ideas off of each other and give the people who are listening a real idea about how they can start their journey to really knowing who they are. Because I know how this, how important this was for me, just in terms of shifting my awareness and figuring out what I wanted to do. And I think that'd be really beneficial for someone listening. So like if someone's listening right now, what would you guys say would be the first thing that they should start with in order to really start figuring out who they are? So uh, the first thing, and I'm sure a lot of people in your audience have heard of this, but it's the start with why concept mm. by Simon Sinek. Um, just knowing that your job title does not define your life, yeah. I think is really important. Like once you understand that, once you understand that job titles are not, first of all, they're made up. Second of all, they don't matter. Um, <laughs> just because it was written on the, uh, the you know, cut and copy pasted uh, job listing that you saw on CareerBuilder five years ago doesn't mean that that's what you have to call it today. Right. Um, like once you realize that those things are, are not inherently who you are, who you are is what you create. Uh, that's the best place to start of saying, here's what I'm creating. Here's why I'm creating it. And here's what that's working toward. Mm, I like that. Raj, do you have anything you want to add to that? I think that pretty much covers it. I would say, yeah, as a first step. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing. So do you guys recommend that someone really sits down with a pen and a piece of paper and starts writing out like, what is their why? What's the reason, you know, why they exist? I mean, how, how deep should someone go to start? So the big thing with that is to be able to get to your why is yes, sit down with a paper and a pencil, ideally grab a partner and ask deep questions with each other. And you so say it's basically a partner exercise. Um, we've got a free download on our site if people want to use that. But the idea is go beyond surface level questions and really start to uncover what are the stories that make your life. So uh, Ben, you might recall one of the questions we had you answer was about just like a transformative experience you've had in your life. I think we said from high school or college, right? Yeah. And then that's where you talked about like the idea of seeing the zeros and ones in the matrix when you were, was it at the waterfall? Yeah, it was something like that, but yeah, go keep going. Yeah, it's that. And then it's, it's the idea of with your then girlfriend, now wife, uh, helping cure her sick or not cure, but helping her with her sickness. And these are the types of things that matter at the end of the day, not, how many reports did I fill out at my last job? Not how how on time was I? It's what are the stories from well beyond, well before my working life that have shaped how I think about the world and the actions and things I put into the world. Mm. 
I like that. Are you putting down my uh, perfect attendance in high school, Ron? <laughs> hey, I had that for like three of the four years. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, it's funny. I'm, I'm listening to you guys right now, and it's really uh, interesting because when you're, you know, having a conversation with somebody, one of the normal questions that you ask, you know, what you ask is, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you define somebody. What do you do? You know, it's very rare that, you know, you would ask somebody, what do you do? And they say, well, I had this transformative experience when I was 16 years old and blah, 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 right? We always look at what they do for their career and then, like, we put them in a rating scale. It's kind of like how I see it. Like, you know, if someone says they're a doctor or a lawyer, you go, oh, this person's high status. You know, if they say they're a garbage man, oh, this person's low status, right? And my first, my that favorite. person made a great choice and is going to have an awesome pension. <laughs> <laughs> Right. My, my favorite is uh, when I hear my parents talking about like one of their friends' kids. They'll before I've even heard what the, or before they even mention what that person's job is, they'll say, "Oh, he does well. She does well." Yeah. A AKA makes a lot of money. Or is married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll chime in and be like, "But how happy are they?" <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like the, the stereotypical life that we're all sort of led to believe. You have to be, you know, super rich, wealthy, have the big house, get the family, get married. And uh, I think once people start really diving into their own personal brand and figure out their why and what they want, they might find that that's the perfect fit for them. And they may find that, you know, there's other things that are, you know, a, a good fit for them. Like for me, you know, everybody's been pressuring me to buy a house for like six years now. It's like, oh my God, back off. I don't want a house. I like my apartment. You realize like, I don't have to do anything here. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, I had a fire recently in my kitchen and I hadn't, didn't have to do anything. My apartment took care of all of that. To me, to like to have that peace of mind is totally worth it. Mm -hmm. But just because I'm not buying into someone else's value system, like they feel the need to try to like convince me to prove that they're right for their own ego. And I find that that's so weird. Yeah, well, and what you said there, buying into someone else's value system. So, like, I even get, uh, I, I get pressured for the, someday you'll buy a house. Like, it's not buy a house now. It's someday when you get married, you'll buy a house. And it's like, whoa, you were thinking really far in the future here right. for today's conversation. Um, but I also think just that concept of when you start asking why and you start writing out these stories it starts helping you figure out what your value system is what your beliefs are and really what it is that you need to start leaning more into and we have a few different ways that we describe this but it's like lean into your weird um maybe a recent one that i came up with was um start brainwashing yourself on your own belief system uh these different things that really help you um surround yourself and with the ideas that you actually believe instead of the ideas that other people are forcing on you. Um, so that includes people, literature, and things like that. Like it's always good to challenge your beliefs, but um, when you're trying to actually make changes, when you're trying to achieve goals, you really need to surround yourself with the right ideas and, and beliefs that align with who you are, not that other people are trying to push into your life. Yeah, that reminds me, uh, when I was working with you guys with two years ago or whatever it was, I remember I wrote down what my beliefs and my values were at the time. And then like, cause at that time in my life, I had so many decisions that I was making. And if the decision that I was making didn't fit into those beliefs that I had written on the five beliefs and values, I wasn't going to do it. 
Um, and that it was really important for me at the time to draw like a hard line in the sand and say like, this is what I believe, this is what I'm about, and this is what I'm gonna stick to right now. And you know, since then I've been able to be more flexible, but at least initially on, it was important for me just to have that clear black and white division in between, this is right, this is wrong, and if it doesn't fit into the right, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, and what that kind of leads into is if you have that belief system intact and you know like what's important to me, then you know to the point of like accept, there's always going to be a degree of wanting acceptance, right? That's just how we're yeah. wired. But then it's the type of people and the types of groups you want to associate with and get that quote unquote acceptance from drastically changes in a good way. Yeah. So rather than the acceptance of, oh, okay, I'm supposed to get a house, I'm supposed to get married by this age, I'm supposed to have kids by this age. And because that's what, you know, this, my family expects of me, instead of that being the driving force, and maybe that is what ends up happening because you find out that's also what your belief system is. But I know for many people, like myself included, that's not a priority for me right now. And I, I worry much less about what is family acceptance and, and <laughs> right. what is like, what, how am I fitting into the, the narrative of the family and much more about what are the people I look up to and the people I respect and the people who are now my friends, like what are they doing and how do I get more on their level? So, and that's more about what's happening in the entrepreneurship world. What's, um, who are the people who are creating like big sweeping changes? What are the things that they're doing? Like, so I've been growing out my hair the last year and my parents hate it. <laughs> and my dad like keeps getting up and they, they've gotten to the point where they just like make jokes to, to like try and get under my skin. Right. They're trying to shame work. you into they're change. They're trying to get under your hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, which is actually more effective than them saying you need to get a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think they figured that one out. But I remember a couple months ago having a conversation with my dad and he was like, you need to get a haircut. It's not a professional look. And I said, for what profession? Mm. And he didn't have a great answer. He was like, well, you know, like consultants need to be looking sharp and professional. I said, who am I consulting for that this matters? <laughs> and then I, I told him, I was like, do you question Steve Jobs for never changing his clothes? I mean, yeah. never wearing different clothes. He never changed his clothes. He wore the <laughs> right. same thing every He day. wore the same black turtleneck for like 10 years. Yeah, just never washed it. Or he just used a lot of Febreze. No, he actually, he had like 50 different... Uh, copies of the same exact black turtleneck and that was all he wore for yeah really yeah. expensive black turtleneck <laughs> yeah they were like vera wang or something like that but. high turtle but with that it's like you know and he's like he's like no and then i said do you question mark zuckerberg wearing a hoodie and jeans every day do you care that richard branson has long hair and you know his answers were yeah i see your point here and and my point was the the world i'm trying to create and the people i'm aspiring towards aren't worried about these minute details about, you know, like the, the big, the big thing I'm getting at here is for my own brand and the things that I'm trying to accomplish, I know I don't want to live in quote unquote anonymity. Yeah. And I don't want to just be like run of the mill. I want to have a large impact on people. And knowing that, it's like I don't concern myself with the fact that a couple people may look the other way because my hair is long. And quite honestly, because of the circle of people I've built and the things that I'm getting involved in now with our business, like no one cares, right? Yeah. So that's just the idea of it's like when you figure out what you want, then the decisions you start to make 
direct more towards who are like what conversations do you want to be a part of and whose acceptance and whose association are you going for yeah, intelligence over a suit yeah 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 no that's uh uh, that's really good. I like that. And the other part of that is, you know, you might cut your hair short and there might be a small population that thinks your hair looks stupid, you know, with short hair. So, right. I, I mean, you, you just can't win. And it also all a matter of the social circle that you're in right now and that, what pressures they're putting on you. Well, it's like, you know, generally people who have tattoos have other friends who have tattoos. Right. Yeah, yeah. People have tattoos. And now you've got something in common with people as a starting point for a conversation. Yeah. So instead of trying to fit into like this vision of what's socially acceptable, it's like, what do you deem, like what, what, what are you willing to put up with yourself? Like how much of yourself are you willing to give away? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just listening to you guys talk right now, it seems like lots of people maybe are just not asking themselves these types of questions. Uh, why do you guys think we're not able to have these like conversations with ourselves that are below, below the surface where we can actually find the answers to them? Uh, so I saw this great cartoon earlier today. It said, um, correct but complex. So it was a, it was a road and, and it forked. And one sign said, correct but complex. And the other side said, wrong but simple. Mm -hmm. And the line of people was going to the wrong but simple. And there was one guy walking off to correct and complex. And I think uh, the concept here is that like in marketing and in everything that you do, and even in the way that you sell your pitch and sell yourself, you want to make it as simple as possible so people understand, right? Because the natural human te uh, tendency, <clears throat> the natural human tendency is to go for the simplest, easiest to understand answer. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that that tendency also leads us to accepting things too quickly so that we, we stop questioning and we just accept whatever answer comes first. And so you'll see this all the time, and I'm sure you've talked about this with habits, where it's like, someone's like, oh, slim fast, lose weight, great. Yeah. Like, no, it's a terrible way to <laughs> yeah. do it, but it's the simplest and it's the fastest, and I did it in high school while doing two days football. Awful experience. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like these are the kinds of things. like We, we just are not naturally inclined um, socially or, or just the way our brains are to go the complex route because we're exhausted or, or whatever it is. And so one of my favorite things to do, when someone says something that's really simple and, and clearly um, hasn't explained the entire situation, they're like, this is just the way things are. Yeah. Um, the, they'll say like, well, you know, you've got to cut your hair or, or like cut your hair uh, because it's not good. Why? Or my favorite thing to ask is, and? <laughs> so they'll be like, this whole, like, I'm really excited, I'm worked up about this thing. And it's like, and? <laughs> well, I'm worked up about this thing and it's going to lead to this. And? Well, that's going to lead to, I guess, just me being frustrated for a few minutes. <laughs> right. And? And I should probably get over it. And, like, I think being able to just say why and say and and keep moving deeper, uh, it's hard. It's just a really hard thing for people to do. And, uh, I mean, we've spent years training ourselves to do it and even some days at the end of the day it's like okay let's just pick this up tomorrow right <laughs> yeah um and i think it's just a matter of almost willpower at a certain point yeah well i mean you really have to yeah, i mean you're going against the current when you're doing this because you're you're stopping and you're asking the questions of why you know why am i living life this way you know or and as you put it martin 
I, I just I remember very specifically two years ago, every single day I was sitting down for at least an hour and asking these questions. So for me, it was almost a success habit. It was something that I needed to do at the time. And I just kept hammering it over and over again. And like going through that process, which is kind of what I think got me out of a lot of the autopilot uh, ways of thinking that maybe I was falling into at that time. And going through that process, that really allowed me to plant the seed to you know, start the blog and start this podcast and grow the subscriber base and do all those other things because it made me shift out of those natural autopilot responses that, you know, are very easy to fall into because it's what everybody else is doing. Yeah, it's really, it's taking the fact that what you see is just what you're, you get, you take that out of the equation. It's like, you, okay, what am I seeing? Why is this the way I see it as that way? It's not just, okay, that's the way things are. It's not, all right, well, I'm a, you know, I'm an account manager at a marketing company. So that's it. It's what am I bringing to the table? What skills do I have? What value do I provide? Why do I enjoy or why do I not enjoy this job? Which gets you into the kind of the, the depths of, of a lot of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I also think a really big piece of it um, is distraction. Uh, Netflix and chill is super easy. <laughs> it's right. so easy to sit down and distract yourself from these things. So um, the the more you're able to remove distractions, like I got rid of my TV and um, cable and internet in my apartment for 10 months. and I've never spent more time thinking about these things than in those 10 months. Yeah. Uh, and because I, I had nothing else to do but listen to podcasts and think in that apartment. And when, when you can't go, when you can't numb your mind to these thoughts, you have to come to some sort of conclusions on them. Yeah. yeah. That's an extreme example. <laughs> what ha it's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's actually a really good point. Um, actually, a few weeks ago, I, I was really struggling uh, just with a lot of like personal things in my life. I just wasn't feeling very good. And I was very down on myself for not feeling good. And what I ended up doing was just getting out of the house and going to a coffee shop nearby. And I just spent like two, three hours there reading these books that were very powerful and transformative for me. Uh, a couple of years ago, and those were Way of the Superior Man and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And because I was able to get out of the house and get out of like the normal habitual numbing things that I might do in my apartment, I was able to really diagnose and think about, you know, what's really going on with me right now. Mm -hmm. And essentially what I discovered is that I was beating myself up for not feeling great. And because I was beating myself up for not feeling great, I felt even worse. And be like, I, I was able to make that realization and just be like, okay, well, I don't feel great right now. I don't have a ton of energy. I don't feel like myself, but I'm okay with that. Like, it's not the it's not the end of the world. I'll be all right. And just like making that subtle shift, then I was able to get back to feeling better. If that makes sense. It so. does. And I think what's important with that is what you did in that moment, it takes effort, right? To this point of like, the natural idea of path of least resistance is what we default to and that a lot of this stuff does take work. Like, do you know why a lot of people are unhappy in their jobs? It's not because good jobs don't exist. It's because 
it takes in a, a certain amount of effort to get the job that you want that will truly fulfill you. Yeah. And because it takes a certain amount of effort to get there, it's not just going to be handed to you. You can't just skate by assuming someone's going to know what you want and that it's going to just fall in your lap. Most people end up unhappy with what they're doing because it is a lot of effort to get to the point of feeling fulfilled with their work. Right. Well, that's exactly what you guys teach in your course. Uh, do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, certainly. You want to, you want to take a mark? Well, I, I just want to add one point to that. Fulfillment is not an end point. It's just a state that you get to along the way and then have to keep chasing. Like, I, I think people are like, oh, I got my dream job and I'm fulfilled. But then you're like, well, tomorrow you still got to go to work. Yeah. And things change at work. Roles change. The companies change. As the company scales, it's going to change the, the culture and things like that. So it, there is no, I think just knowing there's not an end point, I think helps. with In a good way. In a good way. Point. Yeah. It's like you're you're finding things that you're excited about because of the process, not because of the outcome. Like right. if I was if I was chasing a dollar sign, every day would be really hard because I'm not enjoying the process of getting to that dollar. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that clear. Um, what was the question again? Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the course because I think the people listening, there's some really good takeaways that they might be able to get. You know, if they're trying to figure out their own personal brand, uh, maybe we could talk about some of the exercises and some of the modules within the course. So people at home have a good takeaway and can start implementing this stuff right now. Yeah, so the online program we have is called the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. It's a 10-week program where you figure out what you want. But basically, you figure out your personal brand. And then you create your own idea and launch your own idea so that you are able to establish a certain amount of thought leadership and influence in the area that interests you and you use that to get to the next level of your career. So for some people that is getting a new job, for others that is becoming you know, an industry leader within their current role, for others it is being able to test out a business idea in a safe environment and mitigating that risk. Um, ben, you're the genesis of this course, as you know, you were the one who originally went through this material two years ago through personal coaching. And then from there, like we looked at what worked well with you, what had continued to work well in our own lives, and built out the rest of the material based off that, as well as through a beta run that we did. Now, in the course, kind of going through it week by week, it's broken out into three segments. Segment one is voice, segment two is audience, and segment three is content. So voice is all about figuring out yourself. It's that thing we talked about before with what are the stories that make up my life and what is my why. From that, you can create an elevator pitch that is to the point but speaks from the heart and carries a lot of authenticity to it. So, Martin, you mentioned before, like, what was the fork in the road example? Uh, simple but wrong or complex but correct. So the idea of like the elevator pitch we show you how to create in the course is it's a simple elevator pitch. It's almost a combination of the two, yeah. but it is like there's so much depth to it. So simple in the sense that it's probably the least amount of words you can use yeah. to yeah. pitch yourself. But there's so much depth to it that people say, wait, 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 you got to tell me more instead of just the natural, oh, I work at X or, you know, I'm a yeah. banker, I'm a lawyer, et cetera. It's yeah. telling people the huh. reason. I'm an accountant. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> Cricket. 
So voice then leads into audience. So this is the process, uh, the middle weeks of the course is the process of figuring out what do you want to pursue, like what interest do you want to pursue, and how are you going to create an idea within that. So we start with figuring out the impact you currently have and the impact you'd like to have. And we've got some cool exercises built in there that I can touch on in a second. Um, and we go from there to, okay, we know the impact that you want to have. Now let's look at the interest group that matters most to you. So with anything a person is interested in, there are three, we call it the interest ladder, and there are three rungs on this ladder. You are either a spectator, a participant, or a creator. So think about any interest group you have or any community you're part of. You're either a spectator, a participant, or a creator. If you're spectating, like to use my own personal example, that's me a year and a half ago or a little over a year ago saying, keep, keep on saying to myself, yeah, I like yoga, I wanna get into yoga, but outside of taking a class maybe every few months, that's, that, that's me just spectating. Participating is the day I said, you know what, I'm gonna join a yoga studio and go pretty much every day and the moment when I become part of the yoga community. Yeah. Creating is like, is the level you wanna to aspire to for whatever you're interested in and that you wanna do something with. And that's the point at which you're bringing your own ideas and bringing new ideas into the community. So that could be as a yoga instructor, that could be as someone who makes playlists for yoga teachers. That could be just having a blog about yoga that you know helps beginner students feel better about their practice. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> when you've got the interest figured out, bro, take a look again. <coughs> Man, sorry. No problem. Now, when you've got whichever interest figured out and where you want to start creating, then we go to let's figure out the audience that you can speak to. So oftentimes when people, that was a, that was a voice crack, wow. <laughs> oftentimes when we have an idea, we just, we put blinders on and we're like, no, 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 this, this is going to work because I really believe in it and because it's going to work. We don't ever think about, is it helping people? Is it something that is needed? So where we go to is let's look at the audience first and we set people out into a process of interviewing people within the community you're part of and figuring out the emotional needs that exist for them. From that, you can start to create ideas that would help them uh, feel relief from those emotional needs they have. Mm. Um, we then get into the portion of the course where you actually launch your idea through a newsletter and you start to build a tribe around these ideas, these stories you're telling to help this specific audience. Segment three is around content. So how do you, you, you know, you've launched the idea. How do you make sure you continue to do this and that you become more relevant and more valuable to people every day, week, month, and year that passes? So we say you how to set up systems through a formalized newsletter, how to grow your tribe that you're building, um, how to set up a personal website, as well as build an accountability mastermind group that makes sure that you're always chasing towards your goal. And kind of the end result of this, again, for some people, like Ben, in your case, you were able to use this material to get a $20,000 salary increase at a new job, to launch Stop, Start, Do, looking down the road, launch this podcast as well, right? Right. Other people are able to use it to, uh, like we have another student, Emerson, he used it to get a new job and also to get, he was able to leverage it 
to be asked to speak at a couple conferences. Uh, another student of ours, Jenny, she launched her first product uh, with the help of our materials. So it's what's nice about it is that you get the framework together that allows you to take your career in the direction you want to take it and get to the level that you want to get to. Yeah, it's about discovering your inner awesome and then providing lifetime value to people for your lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> that's the lifetime part of that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Uh, what I'd like to do a little bit more is dive into the strategies, the techniques, and the methods behind someone who's discovering their own inner awesome and figuring out their stories. Now, you guys had me do a variety of exercises when I first started working with you. Do you want to go over some of those? And then maybe people listening at home can practice them out on their own. Yeah, certainly. So we talked earlier about the idea of asking yourself the deep questions. Uh, again, there's a free download on our site for that. But you can also just take a pen and paper and just ask a bunch of questions to yourself or with a partner. Um, some sample questions are, like we said before, what's a time from high school that when you think back to it makes you smile? Who was involved with that? Why do you pick that memory over others? Um, another question you can ask yourself is, what do you want to be remembered for? Or a fun way to write it that's kind of creepy is to write your own eulogy. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting with that is we've had hundreds of people do that exercise and not one person talks about they want to be remembered for the job they had or the money they made. Right. Yet, yet as most of us go through our day to day, the two things we focus most on are the specific job I have or need to get and the amount of money that I need to make. Right. Yeah, no, I love that approach just because I think it takes people out of autopilot and they stop, like you said, looking at their life purely from a job and money perspective, because you start to realize, I think, you know, if you're chasing the carrot for so long, you might realize that you're not in it for the money. Like right. I, I knew for me, you know, every morning, this is kind of strange, but every morning I wrote down, I write down, like, I want to change the world. Like that's part of my priming routine that I write down in the morning. And I really do. Like, I feel like if, I can continue to grow my tribe and my brand and affect the lives of more people Then I am doing my part to move humanity forward. Like that's more what I want to be remembered as. I don't want to be remembered as the guy who, you know, was an engineer and, you know, was part of this company and made a lot of money doing that. Like that's not who I want to be remembered as. And therefore I'm able to take the leverage from that exercise and go do something else with it because I've seen like what the end result is, you know, one, if I stay on the current path that I'm on and then two, if I change it. I think what's important with that too is it takes you out of, this goes back to what Martin said earlier about like, it's not a destination you're necessarily hitting. It's like, what's the next step in the process? So you can view it as your job as an engineer is part of that process that's going to help you change the world. It's not the only thing you're ever allowed to do. And if you try and break out of that, you're screwed. Yeah. The way I like to look at it is treat your life like it's you know a Netflix show or just any TV show what season are you in what episode of the season is happening today right be because the be the hero of your own movie exactly exactly like i was talking to my younger cousin recently who got she was really down cuz she's she's a freshman in college and she was really down because this business fraternity she had been pledging to be part of they didn't accept her ultimately and she was like, you know, this is the biggest failure of my life, which I kind of <laughs> laugh because I'm like, you're only 18, so relax. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but to yeah. her, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I was like, well, you know, think of this as like a show, right? 
this is the this is the episode where the main character where you the main character has the a point of adversity happen to them. There's going to be an episode tomorrow or in a day or in a, or in a week or in a month that's going to the, the hero is going to start to to come back from that that downfall. And then you get a montage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And maybe, you know, maybe you look at it as freshman year is season one of the show. Yeah. The return or uh, what, what, what's Eminem's album? Uh, not recall, but uh, relapse, relapse. Yeah, not a relapse, but he's got one what, recovery. I think is. One yeah. Yeah. Recovery. Yeah. Relapse was no good. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> that one. I remember recovery, though. But yeah, that, that's kind of what we're talking about here. You almost want to think about it kind of like you're on your own hero's journey a la Joseph Campbell, if you've studied any of his work. But yeah, that's essentially, it, it's a good parallel, I think, for anybody who's maybe wants to step outside of the norm, because you can look at your own life from this perspective of the hero's journey. And it almost, it, it takes a lot of the personalization with things that are going on with you. Because like your cousin, she's like, oh, you know, I got, you know, I lost out on this opportunity to be part of this business fraternity, you know, it's just ruining my life. And uh, you, you pull yourself out of autopilot and you maybe go, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. What's the next thing that I can do? Yeah, and on top of that, too, to kind of go back to like the why or like just like the reason behind everything. When I was talking to her, I helped her see. I was, you know, just to, to cliff notes my conversation with her. Everything she was saying didn't have much to do with the fact that this business fraternity meant something was going to happen. It was like she just felt like she had finally found a group of people who she could connect with and relate to. So I was like, oh, you just are in it for the sense of belonging. So you can always find another sense of, you can find a sense of belonging with another group of people. Right, exactly. And she might find that someone, another group is even a better fit for her. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I think a lot of people realize that, you know, they have a failure in one area and then it leads to success in another. And actually I wrote an article specifically about this a while back, I called it like, the four strategies for unstoppable motivation. And I talked to, I got cut from my collegiate soccer team. And that humiliation and the shame of that experience is ultimately what motivated me to gain 40 pounds over the next year and become a starter on the football team. Like <laughs> that was the motivation. I was so pissed off and so angry and so hurt that I now had leverage to change. And actually I think that's what you see in a lot of people's stories. They have this failure and they use that as leverage to change to do what they, you know, to do something else or something else that they want to do. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's that same idea of impermanence, right? Like everything's temporary, and you have the ability to change it if you just take some time to be like, what does this mean, and what do I want? Exactly. Awesome. So I'd like to wrap things up here, and I'd like to do a few rapid fire questions, and if you both could answer them, that'd be awesome, and then we'll uh, we'll cut out. All right, so. First rapid fire question. What is the number one habit you contribute most to your success? Hmm. I think that the number one habit I attribute most to my success would be I want to say perseverance, but that's not really a habit. Um, <laughs> it's a mental habit. It's a mental habit. But uh, I would say in in recent Definitely recently, uh, journaling every single day has, um, and, and doing podcasts for the past year and a half, doing things that give you a um, outside perspective of your own thoughts. 
So like I can go back and read it as though I'm reading someone else's journal, or I can go back and listen as though I'm hearing someone else say these things and be able to call out things that I don't normally notice because we are really good at rationalizing in our own yeah. brain. So being able to go back and look at things that I've said from a outside perspective and be like, oh, that's BS, and uh, be able to like bring it back up and fix it, I think is, is probably the best habit. I think for me, I like the idea of just recording things, whether it's journaling, whether it's having a podcast, whether it's me recording music, as I'm also a rapper. Um, but I, I, I like. I just wanted to add that because you were touching on that. But as you were talking, what I was thinking about was uh, Martin and I had a conversation several weeks ago, um, where we had come to this realization that I and I and I say this as a habit is in like it's so much a habit that I didn't even know I was doing it, which I would say that's probably the truest sense of the word habit, right? Yeah. Um, I've always had this tendency for as long, like, and we were going back into crazy, like, lo long time ago examples, but I find a way to put myself as close to the source of knowledge as, as possible. Mm. And it's something that I was doing I didn't even realize I was doing. So for one example, I can tell you, like, when I started doing yoga, I posted up at the front of the class from day one. And every day when I go back there, as, as long as I'm not there, like, too late in the class and there's spots taken, I'm front and center because I'm closest to the instructor that way. I get the most like modifications to the pose just by nature of proximity. And I can see whenever they're like, we're gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate this now, I'm front and center to see what they're doing. So yeah. I get, you know, just from that being close like that, I pick up the most knowledge I can. And even like back in school, I always wanted to sit in the front of the class. And then, so those are like two examples just with like standard education, but then And then they flipped that, the yoga room. Yeah, well that happens back. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then beyond just like typical education, I came to this realization, or Martin helped me come to this realization that I will find ways to like meet the people who have knowledge that I want to learn from rather than just like read the book they have or just like read the blog they have. So right. like we're all, we're all, we all know Daniel DiPiazza. Like my first thought when I started seeing his stuff was, I got to meet this guy. And it took a few months, but finally I did meet him and now he's a good friend of mine. And because I guess inherently, like I know it's not enough to just read the material. For me, it's like my, my way of improving and, and sticking with it and having success is by getting as close to that knowledge source as possible. So like him, Matt Wilson from under 30 has become a good friend and just like a bevy of other people in my life, I'm always finding ways to, and even like in high school track, now that I think about it, I would, practice would end and I would sit and talk to the coach for 30 minutes afterwards just on like anything that had to do with running. So that's, I think that's been my biggest factor to my own success is it's such a habit of mine that I didn't even know I was doing it to where I always find ways to get to the knowledge source. Nice. I like that. That wasn't a very rapid response. I thought. <laughs> that was the least rapid fire response ever, but I love it. Um, all right. Next question. All right. Uh, what's the number one book you've recommended to others and why? So this isn't one I've recommended to others yet, but it's one I just <laughs> read and I thought it was fantastic. It's called A More Beautiful Question. It's all about how to ask better questions so that you're not getting the simple but wrong answers. Mm, I like that. 
I, I think by nature of how much I just personally got out of it, because what I didn't know before it is Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And it's not like a big life book or, an, or a big like ask yourself life questions. It's just how to automate your personal finances. And I recommend that so much because I had no clue about any of it before reading it. So then when I read it, I was like, oh, I can do these things. And I got so much out of it that I was like, I feel like a lot of people don't know these things and they should. So that's the book that I guess historically I've recommended the most. Nice. What's your favorite online tool or app? Coach.me. It used to be lift.do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it's called coach.me. It's a habit tracking app. Um, and it's helped me actually make serious changes, whether they're short term or long term. Uh, it's got, it's got a whole support community in there for whatever it is you want to do, write more, lose weight, do push-ups, stop drinking, anything. I'm not much of an app person. Um, Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. Um, I will say, this is going to sound crazy. Like I, I, I want to say like my sleep cycle app because now I'm tracking my sleep, which is hey, that works helping. But what I am going to, I honestly think the thing I use more than anything else that's not just like a standard Facebook or whatever is the voice memos app on my iPhone because so many times we'll get into a conversation and I'll just hit the record button and then we'll have that to go back to the idea of That's how we started our things. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we started our podcast because I recorded a conversation unbeknownst to Martin. And oftentimes when I have thoughts that I think could turn into something, I'll just, like let's say while I'm driving, I'll just hit the voice memo button and record that. And I oftentimes will just record my, when I think of rap lyrics, I'll, I'll record those. So then it basically it allows me to, to keep the thought and do something with it later. Super rapid fire answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, what podcasts do you turn, tune into regularly? The Ben Austin podcast. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, you go first because I have like too many. Yeah, I, I have a pretty short list. Um, Unmistakable Creative um, with Srini Rao. Hidden Brain from NPR. I like Microphone Check from NPR. That's, a, that's an interview show with rappers and producers. And then also what I've been listening to a lot recently is presidential. So I'm like super into U.S. history. And there's a podcast from the Washington Post that is every week for the next for 44 weeks is all each each one of the presidents. Nice. I'm going to say the Cracked podcast. Um, they basically just take all these things that are accepted in society and tear them to pieces with uh, some comedic uh, ideas behind it. So it's like a comedy podcast, but they take a lot of like these long-held beliefs that everyone in the world has and just rip them apart, and I love it. Cool. All right, guys, before you take off, uh, can you let us know where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, idealemon.com is our website. You can subscribe to our email newsletter there. That's basically our line of communication with everyone. Um, if you want to get us via email, getfresh at idealemon.com. And if you'd like to uh, check out our online course, you can access it from Idealemon or you can go to discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Peace. All right. Well, once again, that was Rajiv Nathan 
and Martin McGovern of Idea Lemon. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. You got a lot out of it. I know I did. It was a ton of fun talking with those guys. And I always get a lot every time I get to have a podcast conversation or uh, just a phone call with those guys. So it, it was fun to get them on the show. Uh, make sure you go to idealemon.com to check out everything that those two are up to. And of course, subscribe to their email newsletter and check out their podcast. All right. And this has been Ben Austin with Unleash Your Inner Genius. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the show, go to stopstartdo.com to check out this podcast, a uh, bunch of different articles that I've written on there. If you're really interested in personal development, mastering your habits, and relatively just building the skills that are going to make you stand out in the world. Go to stopstartdo.com, check that out, and I'll see you guys next time for the next episode.